Our show on ESPN Central Texas. You, you mentioned um, BYU. What specifically impressed you about them? They, they looked so good in that first game. Uh, they're a veteran group. They've got... I want to say there's eight guys back on either side of the ball, and then, you know, just there's um, a lot of experience on top of just that as well. So, you know, they've been playing for a while. Um, and there's a great physicality about them. I think their size and their physicality really stands out. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. That's a Monday afternoon assessment on Baylor's next opponent, the BYU Cougars, from Baylor head coach Dave Aranda. Bears and Cougars come up this Saturday evening. Take a nap. It's a 9-15 kickoff central time for Baylor and BYU for the second consecutive year. We're on the air at 7 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas Television on ESPN the mothership, and uh, it's Mark Jones and Robert Griffin III uh, with the play-by-play in color on television on Saturday. Switch over to the BYU Network. You'll hear this man, Greg Rubel, in his 22nd year doing play-by-play for a BYU football, and Greg joins us now. And Hey, man, it's great to have you on. How you doing? John, it's always great to be with you. Thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to uh, Game 2 of this home-and-home and, of course, a preview and a precursor of many Big 12 battles to come. Isn't that interesting the way it worked out? You know, us playing each other for two straight years, and then we just keep right on going right into the Big 12. Yeah, I think it works out tremendously. And and last year was a really, um, uh, I I think, uh, comforting uh, welcome to Waco despite the outcome of the game itself. I think BYU felt the the hospitality was unmatched and felt that it was a heck of a way to, to begin uh, what will become a Big 12 rivalry in years to come. Uh, BYU felt very much uh, at ease and very welcomed and, uh, and and look forward to you know what's to come in years to come in the Big 12. I was going to ask you what you remember most about last year, that trip. Uh, you know, I remember from a Baylor perspective, it was just like a picture-perfect weekend. Of course, Baylor won the game, but it was homecoming. It was beautiful weather. Uh, your president rode in our homecoming <laughs> parade, which was fun. It was great to have you here, you know, in Waco. What, what uh, you know, besides the outcome, what do you remember about our hospitality in the weekend last year? Well, the, uh, the, the, the BYU logo, uh, along with the Big 12 logo that was affixed in the visiting AD booth on the wall, uh, the fact that, uh, uh, I, th- I think you would help to arrange uh, the pictures of our radio broad- broadcast crew along with the other uh, Big 12 radio crews uh, in the visiting radio booth. Uh, the fact that uh, there was so much BYU blue, at least as much BYU blue as they could get into the stands yeah. that day on a great day for the Baylor fan turnout. Uh, the, the size of the venue, uh, the sunshine of the day, uh, it was a perfect day of football. And again, the outcome wasn't to BYU's fans' liking, but uh, – you know, everything that surrounded it uh, was perfect, I thought. Yeah. And, and again, just got me really excited and really encouraged about, uh, about conference battles to come. You know, we were only, I think, uh, five weeks removed, I think, from, from BYU being announced as a future Big 12 member at that time in October. And, uh, and, and this year, uh, BYU's entrance into the Big 12 will be a lot closer. And we're probably only a few weeks away now, away now John, of, of seeing the 2023 Big 12 uh, conference football schedule. And, and once that comes out and once BYU starts seeing its name, 
next to other teams and going to other venues in that conference, things will feel even a little more real than they did last year or even this weekend. Yeah, that's true. That'll that'll really hit home, won't it, when you when you get that schedule for 2023? Yeah, and, and uh, it's been so long for BYU. This will be their 12th and final season of independence. And it's been a long grind, and BYU fought, you know, fought the good fight, I think, as an FBS independent, really did. But it'll be very nice to, to again, know that you can count on you know, nine games a year against teams you'll become familiar with and be competing for something meaningful, uh, a conference crown. It's been a long time since BYU's been in the battle for a championship. And as much as everyone's put on a brave face for the last dozen years, it matters to these players and coaches to compete for something like that. Because as an independent once you pick up your first loss or two of the year, um, you know, you're essentially just trying to get to six wins at that point and get to a postseason. It's a different kind of, of, of objective than you have when you're in a league and in those battles week to week. Greg Rubel, our guest, play-by-play for uh, the BYU Cougars, Baylor's opponent this week. And I'm hearing, uh, just kind of hearing stories about a night game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What are we in for this Saturday? Well, I, I hope you'll get there early. I'm sure you will, obviously. Uh, you personally will get there uh, early enough uh, to enjoy the sunset. Uh, it'll still be daytime when you, when you get to the venue, and the sun will set uh, a few minutes before kickoff, as it turns out. Okay. So you'll still get a great view of, of the Wasatch Mountains and a great view of the mountain range that stretches out in front of you. You'll get a sense of what it's like to, uh, to, to have that vista uh, that you don't get to you know, appreciate after nightfall. Uh, but you'll have it in, in full view when you get there. And I think the fans, too, uh, if they get there early enough, will get a real sense of just the, the looming presence of those mountains and how dramatic a backdrop it is for college football. I try to not take it for granted as many years as I've done this. Uh, you get to that, that, that third-floor broadcast booth, and, and, and peeking over the top side of the east uh, grandstand are, are the mountains. Mm-hmm. And then they loom large in front of you. And it, it, it's something I've just always appreciated and I've never you know, gotten tired of seeing when I, when I come to the office on a game day. Wow. Looking forward to it. That's great. Uh, you know, we were out there for basketball. It's been a while, 2011, and I walked around on campus. It's just a beautiful campus and a beautiful area, so really look forward to that. Then we get down to, uh, you know, kind of bare knuckles, uh, the game. The game kicks off, and what a great matchup, huh, between Baylor and BYU on the field Saturday. Yeah, you know, BYU last year uh, threw for a ton of yards, uh, 342 uh, John, but but they were doing a lot of it in comeback mode uh, because Baylor was so prolific on in, on on both uh, the ground and through the air. What a balanced attack Baylor had last year. Uh, Coach Grimes' offense, um, you know, they they threw the ball for 230 and and they ran for 300. And and once they got that lead and and kind of reasserted themselves or asserted themselves in the trenches, it was going to be a struggle for BYU. The Cougs ran for only 67 yards that day. And their, their NFL draft pick running back, Tyler Algier, was held to 33 on an average of 2.2 yards per carry. And, and so Baylor got the job done where it needed to and, and took BYU's ground game out of the game. And the pass numbers were good, and Puka Nakua had a huge day, 168 yards, uh, five catches for BYU, a touchdown. Uh, he was catching long balls all day, but uh, in the end, uh, Baylor was uh, was well worthy of a two touchdown victory at 38 to 24. And again, the sense coming out of it was BYU had a little bit of work to do to get to Big 12 to to get to Big 12 level on the fronts. And we'll see, you know, just how much work BYU's done in that respect on Saturday. We'll see if BYU's narrowed the gap or can narrow the gap a little bit 
on what felt like a pretty sizable advantage last season in Waco. What about Jaron Hall, your quarterback? Uh, another year's experience. Uh, Coach Aranda was saying he's better than this year than he was last year. Solid start for Jaron. Uh, 25 for 32 for 261, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, the pick, uh, the offensive coordinator took uh, blame for the pick that Jaron threw in the end zone or near the end zone last week at South Florida. Uh, he didn't run a lot last week, uh, five carries, 17 yards. Um, but he he, is, he 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 can beat you with his legs, and he can really take off and do some good things. Last year against uh, Baylor in Waco, there was that 56-yard touchdown run. Uh, he ended up with 25 yards is all on the day uh, when you take away the sacks, and there were a lot of them that day, but he had a 56-yard scamper for a score, so that's who Jaron Hall is. And, uh, again, really nice start in Tampa last Saturday and uh, didn't have to do a lot. Uh, he, he had one deep ball that was dropped, uh, down the far sideline that could have given him a bigger day as it was. Uh, a lot of short stuff, uh, just a handful of intermediate passes and a heavy reliance on the ground game at USF. BYU ran for 314 at South Florida this past Saturday. And so uh, they, they, they knew where they could get some things done and did it in large part due to the entrance of Christopher Brooks onto the BYU stage. Chris Brooks replaces Tyler Algier. Chris Brooks is a Cal transfer, a P5 running back. And he went 13 for 135, so a 10.4 yard per carry average on the weekend in Tampa with a 52-yard touchdown. So uh, that's the plan for BYU right now is to have uh, Chris Brooks occupy the Tyler Algier-like workhorse role and hope that BYU can be a more balanced team on offense than it was last year in Waco. Greg, what about defensively? What's what's the strength of the defense? I think you've got a lot of returning guys. Uh, How is your defense this year maybe compared to the one we saw last year? Well, the defense that uh, Baylor saw last year in Waco was already missing some pretty important pieces. The most pri- uh, the most prominent was Keenan Peely. Keenan Peely, a uh, middle linebacker, quarterback of the defense, left with a torn ACL in the third game last season, and it really affected this BYUD. You never want to say too much rides on just one guy, but sometimes one guy can be that important to the unit, and Keenan Peely was last year for BYU, and it wasn't the only injury by any stretch. There were a lot of defensive injuries last year that hit BYU, uh, and, and I thought they, they peaked probably in that third game before Keenan Peely went out and then kind of struggled the rest of the way to kind of maintain that, uh, that level they achieved in the early weeks of the campaign against all those Pac-12 programs. But the biggest news for BYU is that Keenan Peely is back. Uh, the linebacking core is at full strength right now. The D-line is deep. They'll play 10, 11, 12 guys on a rotation, and they really do feel, and maybe one of the biggest differences, John, from last year to this is, they feel that they have four corners to play two spots, they, and, and they rotated starting corners last week, and so they essentially feel they have four number one corners and use them to play two spots. Uh, and, and foremost among the novelty at corner is a Vanderbilt transfer named Gabe Judy Lally. And uh, yes, Vanderbilt struggles as an SEC program, but he was a starting corner in the SEC. That means you're seeing a lot of great talent on the outside. And so they bring in Gabe Judy Lally, and uh, that's, that's given them a real influx on the edge there at cornerback. So, uh, again, one game in, but so far so good. Uh, BYU held USF to fewer than 300 yards, only 12 first downs by the Bulls last week. BYU led 38 nothing before USF scored a point. So uh, that's the kind of game it was Saturday in Tampa, and the defense just looked solid. 
Greg, final thought. What what uh, what what's the thinking of maybe maybe the team, but maybe the fan base also with a Big Twelve school coming in? Is this sort of a a measuring stick, you know, in some respects, uh, you know, of where BYU is right now, headed into the Big Twelve next year? Yeah, not only a measuring stick for for how BYU competes with Baylor based on just the, the series itself we're talking about last year and this, but as Kalani Sitake views Baylor as the standard in the Big Twelve, it, it is by you know a greater uh, sense. Where does BYU fit in this league? You know, how can BYU compete with what BYU views to be the best team in this league? So I, I think it's a, it's a barometer, uh, not only against a team, but against a conference, if you will. And, and so this is an important weekend for BYU to show, again, just how much improvement they've made uh, from one season to the next and where they might fit uh, in, in the Big 12. Now, that said, uh, the BYU will enter the Big 12 next year missing – a lot of the guys you're going to see on Saturday. There's the expectation that this is Jared Hall's last season. Uh, for Chris Brooks, it'll be a final season. For some wide receivers, it'll be a final season. So this may not be the group that gets into the Big 12, but as a program, Kalani can take a look at this game and say, here's where we are in year number seven of the Sitake era and how it sets us up for the springboard into P5 play. Wow. Well, it's going to be fun. Man, I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Thanks for all your help, and uh, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. John, it's always a pleasure. I've appreciated your friendship and hospitality over the years. We look forward to seeing you in the booth at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and doing this again over uh, years to come. Very kind. Thanks very much, Greg. Greg Rubel, the great voice of the BYU Cougars, Baylor and BYU on Saturday from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, at the base of the Wasatch Mountains. How about that description of the sun setting over the mountains? (laughs) Oh, man. Is that great? Like a nice road trip. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will, uh, Aaron, I'll get you a picture. It's the best I can do if you're not going to be there. But I'll get you a picture of the sun setting over the Wasatch Mountains. (laughs) But uh, that'll be spectacular. I know I haven't seen the sun set over the mountains, but I know what he's talking about. Uh, Just the backdrop, you know, opposite side from where we are in the press box, looking across that way, the mountains in the background. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just spectacular there. So that's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun. But it's, uh, it's all business for the Baylor football team, and they've got their hands full against BYU on Saturday. Again, uh, on the air at 7 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. Kick- kickoff uh, 9.20 is what they tell us, 9.20 Central Time. And uh, uh, it's right here on ESPN Central Texas, television on ESPN Television. So a lot of fun with this matchup between Baylor and BYU. Tell you what, I think they are Big 12 ready. I mean, I think BYU is is ready to step right into the Big 12. Yeah, I think they can compete with any team mm-hmm. in the Big 12. And, you know, they he, he talked about some of the players that they got were able to improve through the transfer portal. Probably the biggest thing that – the biggest difference last year when they played Baylor was team speed. Mm. You could just tell, you know, that Baylor was just faster everywhere. And I think they've closed that gap with, uh, uh, with their recruiting – this year and the players added through the transfer portal. It's just a matter of, did they close it enough? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see that that's right. Saturday. That's right. That That's what it is. Like he said, it's a barometer, you know, for them and for us, for Baylor also to see where this year's Baylor team is also.